Hey, this is Man Made Mead. Welcome back to What's New with Mead. We're on episode number 10, and today we are going to be discussing equipment and what things you need when you brew, um, and kind of like what things you don't need for at least a starting brewer. We're really going to discuss that starting brewing side, not necessarily the in-depth. We'll go a little bit into that, but um, we won't dive too deep. So tonight, I have something a little bit different. I've got three meads in front of me, and um, I'll explain each one to you, kind of. This first one, the main one, is um, a, a mead from Martin Brothers Winery. This is a dry wildflower mead. You can see here it is uh, a very, I really like it. I just, I did a taste test of it, um, a mead review of it recently. So this thing's really good. Go check them out, Martin Brothers Winery. They're in Missouri, so if you're anywhere around there. But um, I have that. Then I've been doing these, uh, these really, I'll, I'll say tests between yeasts and tasting various yeast with the same recipe. And so I have two different um, of these meads. I have a yeast that is, uh, I have a Lavin yeast, which is the Lavin Borgavin um, RC212, quite the name. And then I have the uh, Red Star Premier Cuvée, that same recipe. It's basically just a traditional mead, but that's what I'm sipping on. Taste testing between all three of them. Um, I've got two big glasses, probably not going to drink all of this. I had lots of extra um, from my other ones. So, anyways, that's kind of what I'm going to be sipping on, and uh, I'm excited to to kind of go through this. I really want to jump into our main topic of um, equipment. So, some of you are listening to this, going, "Well, I already know what equipment I need for brewing." That's right. It's fine. Um, I just still think it's an important thing to to talk about. When you start brewing, you need to have a few things to really do it well, in my opinion. You can absolutely brew with um, a gallon, a plastic gallon of water and a balloon and, you know, buy zero equipment. But what you're going to run into is this the complex idea, in my opinion, that you're not going to be able to reproduce your... Um, your brew that you've created. So you might make something you really like in there and then you might not be able to recreate it again. So what I suggest, if you're going to get into mead making, you don't need to go out and buy a kegging operation. You don't need to go out and buy, um, you know, the stainless steel fermenter, anything like that, that is very, very high. I mean, high quality for one, which is good, but also just high dollar. What you really need to start brewing um, is is a fermenting vessel that can be a plastic fermenter that can be and what I mean by plastic fermenter is like they make plastic buckets with lids that have a little hole for your airlock to go into that kind of plastic fermenter I really wouldn't suggest fermenting in gallon um, glass or gallon excuse me plastic like water jugs anything like that because those are not necessarily fermentation grade um, they're really kind of thin and you can let in air and various other things into those so I would not suggest going through that um, I would get a plastic fermenter they make a bunch of various sizes I have all the way down to two and a half gallons um, and then I have all the way up to a 7.9 gallon fermenter so you can really get whatever size you want I have never ran across a 
one gallon glass or one gallon plastic fermenter, but that's okay. And that's mainly okay because when you're making one gallon of mead, if you know anything about mead making, you know that there's this thing called sediment. Sediment is stuff left at the bottom of your mead that you don't want to transfer into the secondary or you don't want to leave in your mead ultimately. So as you're making your mead, you really should be like anticipating that you need to make more than one gallon. So for a one gallon of mead, you might make a gallon and a quarter. Um, and then when you rack over into your secondary, you're going to have a full gallon to put in, say, a glass carboy, a gallon glass carboy. And that just helps you retain that. Um, the reason we also focus on that is because if you are letting a mead age with a large amount of headspace on it, airspace on top, you're going to be affecting that mead's flavor pretty greatly, and uh, especially over time. So you, you really don't want to do that. That same thing goes for if you were to let your mead age in a plastic fermenter, whether it be that food grade, really nice plastic fermenter, or your gallon jug that you've got after you drank it. Um, you're going to get some off flavors from that because of the plastic within it. Uh, and also, generally, those have lots of headspace on top. So that's just something to consider. So if you're going to start brewing, you can start in that plastic fermenter. You're going to want a glass container for your secondary. So that means you want a, a single one-gallon glass carboy, maybe if you made a gallon of mead. You also, if you're making more, you might want a three-gallon glass carboy. Um, I know that they make a ton of different sizes of glass carboys because I've been actually shopping for them recently. Right now, I have a bunch of one-gallon glass carboys, which work great. I also have some three gallons. I've got some five gallons. I've got a six gallon. I've got a 4.75 gallon. I've got a 5.5 gallon. This is what I mean. There's a bunch of different sizes. So if you are making six gallons of mead and you end up with 5.5 gallons of mead after sediment and various things, you can put them into a 5.5 gallon or glass container to age. And that's important because, again, you don't want to have a lot of headspace on top of your mead whenever you're letting it age. If you're letting it age in a glass carboy, that's, you know, great, number one. If you're letting it age in a glass carboy with a ton of headspace on top for a long time, you're probably going to experience some difficulties. So um, get yourself a plastic fermenter maybe to start or a glass fermenter. Um, you're going to need a couple other pieces of equipment for future uses and really also kind of in the beginning. The first one, most important one, is a hydrometer. If you've never um, measured the gravity of your meads, you need to start now. And here's why. Measuring the gravity of your meads not only tells you how alcoholic that mead is going to be, which is important to know if it's a 14, if it's a 7, it's a 12%, whatever you're at, but it also tells you gives you all the information you need, to, you need to know about how well that mead is fermenting. If you do not take a gravity reading of your mead in the beginning, you literally have no idea where that mead lands as far as um, ABV is concerned. You can only really guess based on, ta on taste, on um, you know, maybe how your yeast did, but even sometimes like yeast don't always ferment out if they're not given the right... Um, you know, situation to ferment out. So get yourself a hydrometer. 
please don't go buy a $5 hydrometer off of Amazon. Find yourself a nicer one. Find one that is as um, from a like, good company. I understand that you might want to skimp and you might want to spend that five bucks and be like, okay, well, this will work. A hydrometer is literally a scientific instrument that needs to be weighted a certain way. If you buy a cheap one, it might not be weighted the right way, which means that it might not be accurate in giving you a gravity reading. And uh, if you don't have an accurate gravity reading, you're right back where you started with nothing at all. So get yourself a hydrometer. That's what you're gonna use in the beginning, in the middle, in the end of every single fermentation. Super, super important. You also need some other various things. Um, you might need some, like a, a bung, which is, or an airlock, uh, so stuff to put on top of that glass carboy. You'll need an airlock to allow for the air to leave the uh, fermenting chamber and not let anything in because you really don't want to let anything into your brew. Bad bacteria, all that stuff will take over. Just not fun. So I would not suggest dealing with that if you can avoid it. Get yourself an airlock. You can buy them in packs. They're pretty cheap. Amazon. Um, if you want to buy any of this stuff, by the way, I have a bunch of links in my website or on my website, manmademe.com. There's an Amazon affiliate store. Anything you purchase through there actually goes to support, or I get like, you know, a couple pennies basically from every purchase and that helps to support the channel. So if you want to find out what I use or just support the channel, go check that out. Um, you need an airlock, you need a, a bung, um, you might need, or you will need a auto siphon and some tubing so whenever you get into the state where you want to rack your mead into the next one you need to be able to rack it without just dumping it into another container um, this keeps from aerating the mead as it goes into that secondary state if you were to just dump your mead after the primary into a different vessel you're literally just taking oxygen and just throwing it into the mead which pretty much ruins it quite frankly if you've ever had a wine that sat out for too long, um, it tastes pretty gross. Same thing goes for mead. So you want a um, you want an, an auto siphon and some tubing. Um, later on down the line, you'll want a bottling wand. So if you're gonna bottle your meads, which we all do, you're gonna take and uh, put that bottling wand on the end of your auto siphon and pump it into each bottle. Those various things. Those are some essential things for brewing. Um, and just, you know, the bare minimum, what you need to be able to brew. And I would suggest having a glass if you can, um, if not use that plastic, don't let it age in plastic. Um, especially if you're, if you're making mead right, I'll say in air quotes, right. Um, you're probably letting your mead age for longer than a month. You're probably letting it age for two, three, four, five, six months. And um, that's good because a mead needs a long time to age. It's not like beer. You can make a beer and then you can put it into a bottle after a month and then drink it. That's fine. Uh, you can do the same thing with mead, same, but you're going to have some varying results. So age in that, that glass like we talked about. So aside from those things, when you get to the bottling side... Um, you can bottle with a little cheap, no, I say cheap, a normal bottle capper, which is this big looking hinge thing. Um, they are normally red and whatever. You can get them for pretty cheap. 
Um, you can also use <clears throat> a bench capper, which is a basically nicer version of that. It's just as a big old lever and you pull it down and it caps your beer bottles if you're doing those. If you're going to be on the corking route, they have the same corking idea that's like this big hand corker, which is like a looks like a Y and you bend it. And anyways, that stuff works. I am a personally a fan of using... Um, it's fancy ter term is a Italian floor corker and uh, it is a larger corking operation that you basically just put your cork in, you put your bottle down there and you just shove this thing down. And next thing you know, you got a bottle, uh, a corked bottle. The problem for me with the different corking method with the little Y thing is the fact that my bottles would slide around everywhere and I had a couple bottles hit the, you know, hit the ground and next thing you know, it's, you know, you're losing mead. So I would highly recommend not doing that for one. You can get away with that operation, but I like the Italian floor corker. That's for your end of the line stuff. And uh, I also use in that same kind of vein, I found these, um, these labels on Amazon that are basically made of corn sugar or cornstarch. What is it? One of the two. Anyways, they wash off with water really simply. So every time I finish bottling, because I bottle a bunch of stuff, I always write and put a couple labels on a couple bottles. So I know that the silver capped beer bottles are a orange blossom traditional mead. So when I go and I make my legit labels, I can go back and go, okay, oh, silver caps. Those are my orange blossom and put the correct label on. But if you just kind of put a bottle away and you don't remember what's in that bottle, you might mislabel it. You might not ever know what it is. That's also kind of annoying. So I use those um, little washable labels. Those are some things that I, again, staple use in my brewing process. As far as um, other equipment is concerned, that's where we start to dive into some kind of, quote, extra things you of course need to be able to clean your your um stuff so you need something like star sand you need uh, any kind of cleaning solution which is super important but there's some various other things and i'm looking right now at my my wall of my equipment currently uh, you probably are going to want something like a funnel for going into another vessel when you go into the from the um, must state so I actually, and I'll grab it right here, if you're on podcast land, sorry. I have, I found this, uh, this funnel that has a grate at the bottom. And this thing is perfect for when I am funneling and moving over something that has a lot of sediment, really chunky sediment, because it allows for me to not get that sediment into my mead. I just have to be careful about not aerating things. I also have a normal funnel for my uh, stuff. If you are making a lot of mead, you probably already had this, have this, but you want something to stir with and you can get just a big spoon and go crazy. However, it's better if you have a stirring rod. So I have a, um, stirring rod. I have two different ones. This is a degassing wand is what it's called. So it's a big long paddle. It normally has two paddles on it, but I broke one. So you put this on a drill and this actually helps you stir things a little more efficiently, in my opinion. There's also the, uh, this is for like a gallon glass carboy. This is a actual stirring rod. This thing goes on a drill. 
the well i'll say this when i started stirring my meads to mix them up it opened my mind up so much because i had previously in one gallon three gallon big gallon batches been shaking a giant glass carboy um, to mix up my honey water and my yeast which if you know anything about a glass carboy especially three to five gallons those things are heavy and then you put four gallons of water into it and you know eight pounds of honey whatever else and you're shaking that thing up that's pretty tiring so having something to stir alleviates a lot of that issue that's not necessary but something i highly recommend um i also have i can't remember what the real terminology is and somebody's going to be saying it in the comments i'm sure but oh, losing my stuff here um i have what is this thing called i can't recall anyways it's a um way for me to pull out samples of um my meads without having to pour i can't remember the name of it that's terrible of me right now sorry podcast people it's a big silver long uh what do you call this gosh this is gonna bother me anyways sorry this this thing helps for me to get samples out of my mead um what are some other things you can use uh brushes if you're gonna be cleaning your bottles so or bottles or your carboys or anything you're gonna want some various size brushes for cleaning those things out and they make different size brushes for each one but when you finish fermenting in a vessel you probably want to clean it out and that's not just spraying hot water into a carboy that's also putting some star sand. That's also putting um, any sort of cleansing material, food safe cleansing thing to get rid of any of the old thing that was in it. And uh, sanitation is the most important thing you can do in brewing because a bad bacteria taking over a mead literally kills that mead. There's no way to come back and bring back a bacteria full gallon of mead back to life. That's just to forewarn you of that. Uh, those are little extra things. Here's my big pro tip, I would say. Something that I, it's not my original idea. I'm not going to pretend it is. I, a long time ago, I took um, someone's advice and they said to take a spray bottle, like a, a, you know, a dollar spray bottle you can get anywhere, and fill it with a little bit of distilled waller, waller, water, and then put your star sand into this, shake it up, and you have yourself a sanitation method that will last you, you know, maybe a month or so if you just spray down your stuff this way. This The distilled water keeps longer as far as uh, the sanitation side goes than if you were just to use, you know, regular old tap water. And um, this method has saved me a lot of time and effort because as you are brewing, if you are sanitizing correctly, you're probably you know using a lot of star sand and this thing just helps alleviate that need for so much star sand and having to buy it all the time those various things uh that's that's something i use a lot and i'm you know very thankful for that person i can't remember who it is now sorry to that person but uh that's very helpful so Aside from those things, and as far as equipment is concerned, you can go crazy. You can find all the, you know, heating coils and the cooling coils and the, you know, blah, blah, blah methods you want to get. 
Um, you can get a kegging operation if you want to be carbonating your meads. Um, I have yet to venture down that road. Eventually, I'll get there. It's just real expensive, and I don't have room for it, quite frankly. Um, that's all extra down the road. If you're just a basic brewer, going back to what we said from the or I said from the beginning, you need yourself a plastic or glass fermenter. You need your ingredients, of course, honey, water, yeast. And you need something like an airlock and maybe a bunge, or bunge, whatever you say is bung. Um, and that's that's all you need to start at that point. Eventually, yes, you'll need a airlock or a sorry auto siphon. Um, but you'll get there eventually. So equipment is really important, though. Obviously, if you don't have equipment, you can't brew. If you don't have good equipment, you're probably not brewing well. And I'm gonna say something that's really gonna create some controversy in the world. Your homebrew is, you probably think your homebrew is really, really good. Now, I'm saying this as a person who makes homebrew. I think that my homebrew stuff is really good. However, here's the realistic thing. I see it, I don't have kids, but I see it like if you have a kid, when your kid does wrong, um, you're probably going to be lighter on them than the person who, you know, that's not their kid. They might be a little bit harder on, on that person. Same thing goes for homebrew. When we are homebrewing, we are probably going to be a little bit lighter on things because, hey, you know, I made this brew. I know what I put into it, yada, yada, various things like that. And that's a good thing. It's also a bad thing. What you need to be doing, if you haven't started this yet, you need to be sharing your homebrew mead, beer, wine, with other people who are knowledgeable-ish in that subject. If you're just making your homebrew and not sharing it with anybody, you're really not getting any true um, you know, critique. You're getting your own critique, which is kind of jaded. So share it with your friends. Share it with people who know about the stuff and be willing to accept any criticism, good or bad. Because at the end of the day, that criticism is what allows us to grow and become better mead makers, better brewers, better, um, you know, people in that regard. But if you're just blindly, you know, going through and making your, your stuff and not having any anyone else try it, you're probably getting a jaded viewpoint of this. So that's equipment. And... Um, we could, you, you might have some other equipment you want to suggest in the comments, and I would gladly accept it. I would, I'd love to know what you have. There are, again, other things you can purchase to make your brewing experience even better. However, I'm not going to go into all those. Just wanted to talk mainly about the basics, what we start with, what we need to begin. So my last segment um, that I, I like to include in, in the podcast is a learning experience and or a, you know something a failure I've had or maybe a success uh, I always in my podcast will you know tell you what I'm drinking get to our main topic I want to include this kind of thing that really helped me out um, in my own mead making recently for a long time I've heard that if you are going to make a mead in let's say we made our, our mead in our one gallon glass carboy well, when you lose, or sorry, when you move that mead after it finishes fermenting in the primary into the secondary, you lose a little mead because of sediment. That's just normal. That's just life. I've heard a long time, for a long time, that um, the the trick to that is to add um, 
is to add marbles, sanitized marbles to the bottom of a container to fill up the empty space that you have. And I think that is something that I never experimented with until I went and bought some marbles. So my kind of tip I want to give you that really helps you out is go to the dollar store. Go to any store that has, you know, cheap marbles, because you really don't need nice glass marbles by any means, and buy them, sanitize them, and then put them in a brew that has some headspace on it. That will help you hopefully alleviate the problem of aeration, which if you've ever dealt with mead is not fun. You don't want to have to pour your brew down the drain. Um, and I say that because that, <clears throat> that kind of prompted, that's from an experience I had with an, an a mead I tried not too long ago. I've had this um, this uh, spicy mead. Really, it's a, a jalapeno mead that I made about a year and a half ago. It's been a long time. Um, and it had some headspace on the container. And honestly, I didn't think much of it. I was just kind of like, eh, it's fine. It will not be the end of the world. Well, I taste tested it recently. Come to find out, hey, it really matters. That headspace actually oxygenated that mead and made it not... Not great, to be honest with you. And um, it's not like it's not fixable, but it definitely changed the flavor. If I had stored that with um, a, you know, a mass of marbles at the bottom to get rid of headspace, I probably would not have had the same issue. I think age would it would have aged differently. And so that's kind of my failure that led to this experimentation into what people have been saying for a long time. Again, that's not a new concept. There are a lot of people who've done this before, before I did, but um, that's the big thing I want to impart to you guys. And I feel like a lot of this has been geared towards beginning brewers recently, or this episode. So if you are an experienced brewer, I'm sorry if you're like, okay, I heard this a million times, but I think it's important that we continue to share beginning brewing for people because there are a lot of people starting to brew, um, and there are a lot of people continuing to brew, but. New brewers have many questions, um, have a ton of questions. So if you want to continue to support the channel, the podcast, all of this stuff, uh, go check out, um, go, you know, rate the podcast on it, whatever podcast venue you're listening to, like it on um, YouTube, anything like that. This is now going up on the Man Made Mean Extras channel. So this is not going up on the main channel. If you... Um, are not subscribed to the main channel, go subscribe to it. It is man-made mead. This is man-made mead extras. So we have, on this channel, we have our um, the podcast, which is what you're listening to. You also have um, the mead reviews and uh, any other various content that I'm going to post in that regard. But I will be posting those things there. So hopefully you'll support the channel. Check out my website, manmademead.com, and uh, I hope you will... Uh, you know, come back for another episode in the future. Uh, if you're listening to this on podcast land, thank you for your time. If you're listening on YouTube, thank you for watching. And I uh, hope you all have a wonderful day. I'll catch you guys next time with episode 11. And I don't know what it'll be about. So we'll find out then. Cheers. Cheers.